Welcome to this edition of A Conversation About Health and Wellness. We hope you enjoy and learn. And now here's your host, the man with many beautiful degrees, Dr. Will Miller. Welcome to the Why Connect podcast. I'm your host, Will Miller, Dr. Will Miller. And as the name implies, we're going to be focusing on two areas of uh, real interest to me. One, of course, is the why, the why as in the YMCA. I've been on the board of our local YMCA for many years and have come to really believe and be passionate about the why, its mission, uh, and its potential. And then secondly, the notion of connecting. Anyone who knows me or knows anything about me knows that for many, many years, I've been passionate about the problem the emergency, if you will, of social isolation. Many years ago, I published a book with my colleague, Dr. Glenn Sparks from Purdue University, called Refrigerator Rights. And Refrigerator Rights documents that over the past many decades, Americans have been moving away from their hometown in amazing numbers every single year. Millions move away. And that means that you leave your nuclear family, sometimes happily, but you also leave your extended family, your community, your childhood friends, your high school friends, all the familiarity of your growing up experience. And again, for many, maybe even most, it's kind of an exciting and a thrilling uh, notion to move away and have a fresh start, a new adventure. But the problem is, is that when we land, when we find our footing in some new place, we do an incredibly abysmal job of reconnecting with relationships that in any way replicate what we left. Americans are lonely at a staggering rate. Recent article uh, by the great uh, Nicholas Kristof in the New York Times uh, documented the chilling, sobering data on loneliness in America. Uh, the data he reported uh, says social isolation is more lethal than smoking 15 cigarettes a day or than obesity. It's worse than so many other social ills that we attribute to. It's kind of a silent killer. It is uh, associated with heart disease, uh, all sorts of stress-related illnesses. And so uh, this is a passion of mine, as I said, and I want this uh, to not only uh, kind of document and persuade you, the listener, that this is an urgent problem uh, for the country and perhaps you, uh, but then also to really do a deep dive into solutions. How are people tackling this? And so we'll be interviewing people who are, who are uh, knowledgeable about this, who are stepping into this problem of loneliness and connection. And we'll talk about all of the ways in which people have kind of pushed back against this, as well as those who uh, have come to be persuaded that, indeed, this is uh, an American uh, epidemic and an emergency. Okay, and we'll be talking to people from the YMCA and their initiatives of stepping into the breach uh, where some other civic organizations really have kind of disappeared. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Tell your friends. And now I am so, so happy that you're going to hear from uh, our leader uh, here in Lafayette, West Lafayette, my friend and uh, a great visionary for why and the why world, Paul Kramer. Have you been in the Y since you were young? I mean, involved in YMCA since you were young? You know, when I was little, my parents, when I was about a year old, would take me to YMCA swim lessons down at the downtown YMCA in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and I did youth sports also when I was younger. 
How many times have we heard that here? You see an adult or even a senior who will just, if they, you know, you, you ask them, oh, I went to the camp here and, I, and I've been in the Y. That's something very unique about the Y. It creates a lifelong attachment to people. And even during different segments of your life. I came back during high school, too, to weight lift and play basketball there. Uh, sometimes it's it's on and off again, but it's continuous through your life. Absolutely, and so that and that marches on, and even right. now more with the new facility because kids are having an even more involved and happier, diverse experience in this building, and it, it creates. And of course, you and I have talked about this so many times that what I'm really passionate about is this sense that the why isn't just a gym, and you hear this all the time, or it's a community. It's uh, Village is my term. It's right? a village, yes. <laughs> like yes. It takes mm-hmm. a village. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, people who get into the village find that they can continue um, all through their life cycle, which is great. Generational. Yeah. Can, uh, parents and kids and yes. And to get to one of the uh, more challenging pieces of this, uh, the, the focus on excellent child care from infant daycare right through children's programs. You know, you gotta, you got to acknowledge and state it that a lot of those uh, children go home to circumstances where there's not good experiences. I mean, there's poverty. There's even some darkness there. And so to be able to come into this well-lit, beautiful, with the staff that loves them and parents uh, or, or staff who parent them, uh, is just beyond comprehension. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so now as an adult, I mean, when did you get into Y World as a professional? I graduated from college at BYU mm-hmm. in in Orem, Utah, Provo, and Orem, Utah. Great school. Yes, I loved it. Beautiful. I don't Fabulous. think there's a prettier campus yeah, in the whole country. Stuff. Well, the whole West is just a whole other thing. It's West. Amazing. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I studied uh, health promotion and wellness. My oh, undergraduate. And then my master's degree was in sports business management. And then I have another master's in gerontology, a master's certificate. Paul, you and I are brothers, buddy. Yeah, well, no, I only have one-fourth of what you have. Well, or it one doesn't fifth. matter. It's, it's <laughs> but, still the same impulse to kind of train across the board there. It is. I wanted to go into uh, exercise prescription for seniors. And it uh-huh. was at the time in the late 80s. Oh, that's and early a, 90s. Yeah. It just started with a gerontology process. Pioneer. Yeah, it's a pioneering area. And now it's big. But it wasn't then. And so yeah. I originally wanted to work for the Marriott Corporation and uh, in their healthy living centers with seniors. Mm-hmm. But they didn't exist. It was a little bit before the curve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I came back to Wisconsin, and I saw a position that was um, available with the YMCA and Stevens Point. And mm-hmm. I applied for it and uh, was fortunate to be able to get that position. And what was your first position? It was a healthy living director position there. Oh, good. Yeah. Like some of the fabulous staff we have here who we've spoken to. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. And so yes. so you really, then you got a bird's eye view from the ground up what the Y structure is and, and all of that. The, the Y has an amazing uh, big history, doesn't it? It started in Europe, I think, didn't in it? In London, England. In London, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. And Young Men's Christian Association to create opportunities for young men was was there anything that triggered that that why they felt that it was need? a safe haven for young men because of the 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 society and the uh, long working hours and the temptations that existed in the inner city for young men yeah, yeah. and so it was designed for a safe haven for a place to kids for kids to come and have a positive uh, environment and also role models Boy, was that uh, is is that prescient because I think today, for example, you know, this is a Christian minister and you're part of the, you know, the, your your faith community, the Mormon Church, and the, and that the, you know that there's such a, a big big need for opportunities for people to come together socially, and with a spiritual component about 
You know, I was really actively involved when I first was trained at Columbia to be involved with um, recovery programs. Now, I'm not in recovery myself, but my first, you know, clients were with that. And a lot of comedians were struggling with this. And the psychology of AA is very similar to the vibe here of what the Y does. It's like when you come into a community, you get mm-hmm. reinforcement about living your Christian values, living your faith-based values. And boy, it's, it's still working. As a matter of fact, it's needed more than ever, I think. I think what's really important in today's world is that the Y listens to people when they come in. Everyone's on a specific journey. And a lot of times when you go to different places, they'll tell you what you need, but the why listens to what you need and then are able to mix and match an appropriate course that would help you achieve your goals and reach your potential. And that's what I find a lot of joy in, and not only with uh, volunteers and staff, but our members, and to see them progress in ways, and eventually they'll be able to give back and help others too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that scene, and like you know, when I first got actively involved, my mind was blown by the plethora of programs and activities. And um, you know, I, 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 I um, walked past an open uh, window of a door, and there was a Zumba class, and it looked like it was you know preparation for combat. It was incredible. The dancing was <laughs> yes, amazing. Yes, yes, yeah. And there's that, and then there's Pilates, and then there's uh, aquatics, and we will go through all of this because I really ha- uh, have a passion for people to know whatever it is you need to do, whatever level of rigor or content connection, it's here. It really is here. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how different it is. I mean, even say the physical fitness part, which I think is what a lot of people, I think at first sort of assume that this is a gym alternative for them. But, you know, um, when I think about going to a gym, and God bless them, they do great work. But I think the whole notion is I find I either go in and train myself using the machines or I find a trainer who for that time is devoted to me. And then that's it. I may become familiar with the faces that are around me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but I don't, I'm not really, you know, there's not a lot of impulsion to meet them and connect them. That's what, to me, is the distinctive of this place. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the variety, as you mentioned, the plethora of programs gives a holistic approach to the individual. And it's not only the individual, but it's the family who provides that supportive environment for someone to be able to remain consistent and progress. At your level, and I know with your experience, you and the team are um, major data collectors. I mean, you really, you really we, look. We do. You, uh, you crunch the numbers and you find some correlations that are pretty amazing, right? I right. Mean, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Like, for example, and I'm going to, this may be a curveball, but I say, I wonder how many say moms, or just go the other way, dads who come here, and because of their experience, it has invited their kids, invited their spouse, and all of a sudden now you have the whole family. Because it's really the family, YMCA. It, it is the family is what we're trying to, because we understand if we have strong kids and we have strong families, we have stronger communities. And if we can reach kids and families as a nucleus, we'll have stronger communities too, yes. And of course, one, you know, the headline of this YMCA here, which is was so great, this Y, is, uh, is the story of, is it five years that you began? In other words, the facility that was across town um, you, you know, clearly there was an awareness that it was fantastic, it was great, but yet it was limited, and you were feeling the crunch of the space limitation. We right? were. It was 50 years old, uh-huh. and it loved to death, mm-hmm. and uh, we just, it was 39,000 square feet, and uh, we just didn't have the space uh, to be able to offer the programs to the membership base, and especially to align ourselves with those community needs that we mm-hmm. were seeing, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then so way leads on to way and uh, yeah, seriously, quite seriously, brilliantly. I mean, it's this idea of if we get the whole if all of we get so many of the community 
uh, foundations and identities involved in this. And that's what this, the story of this fabulous facility is that partnership. It is. And not only the partnerships who are active present partners like Franciscan and IU and, you know, Junior Achievement and, uh, you know, Ivy Tech, but it's also uh, just, you know, the city city government and the foundations. That's really, that's really the foundation of the whole uh, partnership and collaboration, Dr. Will, is really how the cities, West Lafayette, Lafayette, and the county get along. Yes. And that really is the foundation. I've been in different cities uh, in different states, in Ohio and Wisconsin, but this is very unique to see them work together, that partnership. And they're not there to one-up each other like some other you know cities I've seen, but they really truly work together for what's best for our community. And we're seeing that in the dividends and growth and development. But the YMCA was standing on some really strong shoulders uh, moving forward with this. It almost makes you feel like, well, duh, of course that would be the way that it ought to go, that communities writ large. But it would, isn't. And I, I know no, it, it is. isn't. But that's why you are an illustration and, uh, and and an example that's being like, huh, gee, I wonder how that would work. And so you go to these uh, places far and wide where, well, maybe the one community is a little small, but the larger you know, surrounding community they can join in. They can make the connection. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are medical places there. There are other organizations that can jump in. So, And it is about the relationships that one establishes and also the vision that can be put forward to have everyone coalesce around that vision moving forward. Being privileged to ha- uh, being on the board for you know several years, it's just been amazing to me to see the movers and the shakers who are part of this uh, endeavor who've, uh, you know, tweaked things behind the scenes, and and, uh, and here it is. I also have to tell you that I've told this to people. There's a um, there's a notion in psychology called reaction formation. Do you know what that is? Mm, reaction, I don't. Reaction formation is when you're kind of bothered by uh, something. Uh, you tend to overreact in the exact opposite direction. It's called reaction form. You form a reaction that's the opposite. And, and I think that this facility is a magnificent example of positive reaction formation. The old facility was dark and kind of small and narrow. And you walk into this and there's like 300-foot corridors and it's hugely brightly lit. It's so welcoming. It's just incredible. And I consider that to be very healthy reaction formation. We feel very fortunate and blessed. I think the difference between this why, Dr. Will, and others is that we had the vision before we started fundraising and before we designed the building. Interesting. And so we see that a lot of times goes the reverse. A lot of times they build a building and shoehorn in what their vision and what the community needs. But we were able to design this building in order to uh, fundraise and then uh, meet the needs of the community. We visited about 55, 60 Ys in five different states and found out what the best venues were, but then we matched it with what our needs were in the community. So I I think that's the difference, and that's why it looks like it is, and I think that's where it's going to be the impetus for it to be successful for the next 50 years. That's a great and an amazing uh, insight because, and, and, and it's a testimony to the long experience you've had within the Y world, and you know what the community why does and what it needs and what you're able to do and what well it was a lot of due diligence ahead of time because we went to all the different organizations in the city we went to lafayette west lafayette purdue united way both hospitals chamber of commerce we found out what their needs were put them all up on a wall (laughs) and then we saw hey there are trends yeah and we found out what those trends were and we projected forward through interviews with those different community leaders what they think was going to happen and then we were able to put it into different youth development, healthy living, and social responsibility with health, education, and income. And those yeah. are the barriers people experience in life with either health, education, or income. 
that if the why could help them over those speed bumps in life, then they'll help to reach their potential. Wow. So how long has this particular magnificent facility been open and operating? Five months? Six, six months. months. <laughs> six months now, December 6th. Yes, we just had our birthday. What is, uh, what is, your, uh, what is your vibe and your feeling right now about it? You know, it's, it's uh, wonderful. Um, we're overwhelmed with the receptivity of it in the community. Um, and it's wonderful to see the partners come together, too. Right now, we have 22,000 members and program <laughs> participants. We had, we had about 10,000 last December. <laughs> wow. And it's more than doubled. And, and so we're now we're thinking about some expansion opportunities and yeah. also opening up other satellite locations around the greater Lafayette community. I love it. I, I love the fact that, that it has been so welcoming to include in the health community and the medical community into this environment because, you know, that's where all of this is going. It's you and know educational community. That's too right. With, that's right. Mind and body. It's a whole health and at, uh, at every phase. And so, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just an amazing the, the, experience. We said at the grand opening, I know you were there for it too, but instead of competing with one another, we want to complete one another. And that's really what it is. These five partners coming together, the two hospitals, Franciscan and uh, IU Health coming together and working together, and then Ivy Tech with all its strengths and, and uh, opportunities and junior achievement is like the cherry on yeah. the top of the dessert of the Sunday there because it's a, a financial literacy for children is not it's it doesn't exist too much no, anymore. No, and it's, it's really part of the move toward citizenship right. and 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 you know citizen literacy. And yes. it's a big part of it. Yeah, uh, the, the, being right here by Ivy Tech, which is amazing. Did you always have your eye on this on on, on on a location around this? You know, at first it was the YMCA wanted to expand into different different parts because, like you mentioned, our building was old and tired and worn out. But then um, it was really some really visionary volunteers in our community who at, at actually at the country club on a napkin <laughs> drew it out and said, you know what, the YMCA is the largest provider of child care in the country. And then Ivy Tech was losing some students retention-wise due to the uh, non-traditional students having child care. Yes. And the young males not having sports wow. and athletic facilities. So we thought, let's marry those together. So these volunteers about 15 years ago thought of this and uh, that was really the, the groundwork for it. That's just and amazing. And then, then Junior Achievement came aboard in the hospitals and we thought that is a really well-rounded resource that we could help the community and, and really be a pillar in the community. Yeah, yeah. And then of course, in addition to that, there's uh, all sorts of summer activities with camp. You had, there's a camp? There is, yeah. We have Camp Straight Arrow, which is about eight miles south of town, mm -hmm. of 52. And we have about 1,100 children a summer they are about 100, 120 kids a week. And we also now have 115 kids, 120 kids here a day at our own day camp here on site. God, and that's growing, I'm sure. It is. So that's, we have, you know, 1,000 to 1,200 kids a day right now during Jesus, the summer. All incredible. preschoolers and different things too. So that's unbelievable. it's a wonderful opportunity for kids. And especially, Dr. Will, as you know, being on our board and one of our awesome board members <laughs> that, that that helps guide us and, and lead us forward. We seek out opportunities with kids that don't have the means and resources. So we work with CASA. We work with the YWCA domestic shelters. We work our, we have two, uh, Dr. Handbeck's on our board with TSC and uh, Dr. Clevenger with LSC. And so seeking out kids that don't have those opportunities. We have some kids that are here at the Y that actually sleep in their cars at night with their families. And they don't have those opportunities and they don't get a chance to interrelate and grow. There's an achievement gap during the summer when they don't progress because they aren't going different places and seeing sightseeing Washington, D.C. or going to Orlando. And so the why really becomes a nucleus or their center point for the summer 
of their family. What an amazing touchstone that is. My wife, Sally, of course, is a retired elementary school principal. And I, and I, I know very well that, that, especially in the past decade, there's been a, a surge in research that kids who come to school without any kind of cognitive uh, readiness, in other words, they just happen to be in homes without getting read to or active, really, not only do they have a hard time starting, they have a hard time even catching up. And that's so much of what the why is doing because I, I walk past, you know, I don't have little kids in my life right now, but I have to tell you, and I, I appreciate the We can parents. change that. We have some volunteer opportunities. Well, <laughs> we can change that in day camp. <laughs> yes, well, it's just hilarious to see these yeah. little babies running yeah. around. It's an absolute scream. But I, I look at the faces of the caregivers and the mothers and how, you know, oh, my God, it's, it's the burden. But just, just what you said about how, cha- how many families are challenged and right. kids are in challenged environments. That has grown to, I almost hate to say the word, but almost epic proportions, right. epidemic proportions, you right. know, with families struggling. So the why isn't just a nice relief for tired and weary families. It's a, it's a lifeline that's critical and part of the triage for our society, I think. I liken it to a, uh, a car dealership, how they have, they sell cars, but also they service cars. And the YMCA is like a service station where you can come in. There's Mm -hmm. different resources and experts that will help you diagnose different things where you're at and then give you resources to be able to come out and be able, because we're, we're better if, if we do our job, we're better, we're recognized if how you do in your own life. Yes. And how successful you are with your family relationships and how you get along. The YMCA is there to aid and, and, and help. I, um, I was trained by the, by the police department because I, I service them and work with them on, on trauma. And, you know, um, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the conclusion about trauma, as complex as it is, is being in an environment where you feel safe mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. defenses can let down. And to me, that defines the why. And it doesn't happen overnight as soon as you walk in, but it's over the days and weeks and activities where you're with this wonderful parental staff and kids that it's like, oh, you know, you can let down in ways that sadly you cannot when you go home. Can I, may I share just a of quick, course, story, yeah, just a quick story about that positive environment? About eight years ago, we had some gang uh, challenges down at Columbia Park. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yep. And uh, the city had to take down the basketball goals and different things because it was attracting certain uh, gang environments in the community around that didn't feel comfortable and didn't really like that as much. The mayor is very proactive with that and was seeking out opportunities and and what to do. And and Tracy Brown was the sheriff at the time. Mm -hmm. Sheriff Brown, he's on our board too. And Tracy challenged us to, you know, he said, we're all about youth development. How can we help the city? How can we do that? So we knew gangs were involved. And so I didn't really know a whole lot about gangs. So we talked to the district attorney's office downtown. And in my naivety, I asked him, I said, kids join gangs when they're like juniors or seniors in high school. And this, I was schooled immediately. I was educated immediately because he said, oh, no, no. The typical child joins a gang at nine years old or in fourth grade. And I said, how is that? And he said, well, it's your older sibling recruiting them to be in the gang. So the why at that point uh, thought, okay, how can we help these nine-year-olds? Nine-year-olds are fourth graders. What if we gave every fourth grader a YMCA membership for free uh-huh. in, the, in the community and also let their families come too to be able to reinforce that? So through the help of uh, Old National Bank and the 100 Men Who Cook program, yes, yes. we were able to raise about $90,000 a year to give about five to 700 kids a year fourth graders, free YMCA memberships. Because like you said, if they have a safe environment, positive role models, and a vision of hope for the future, 
they actually change the trajectory of their lives. Totally. They see it different. There's a different perspective and a different view from where it was down here to, I can do this. It's very organic because it's like, I mean, it's really, you're talking to a kid and say, hmm, would I rather be in this environment where I'm scared or this environment where I'm happy and having fun? And I mean, they have positive role models exactly, too. And that's they, right. can, they can mentor their life moving forward. So yes, I think anyway, the younger you start, the more impact that you can have. That's fantastic. Well, Paul, uh, you know, I'm a big, huge fan of yours, buddy. And, and it's always, it's really especially great for me because, um, because you really have a, a long sense of history of why, what the why means, and now the urgency of what we're doing here at the Y for our community and as a model for the country. And so this is great. I just got to tell you, it's a privilege to be here with you. And it's, it's uh, surreal almost sitting here with you talking because um, we met about eight years ago. Yes. Right? In yeah. Salt Lake City, maybe yeah. nine years ago. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Scott Rumble. Uh, was coming with us to a national Y conference in Salt Lake City. He said, you know Dr. Will, don't you? And I said, I don't. But here he is. He's the keynote speaker <laughs> for our whole YMCA assembly and with 6,000 people there for it. And I got to sit in the front row and listen to you. And I was so impressed with what you do. And uh, then to be able to sit here right now with you and, and to talk and to have you on our board is a real treat. Well, the synergy, we really are siblings in our mission and passion because my whole idea with refrigerator rights about social isolation, which was the, my speech was about, you know, we're both as on, on online and on fire for that as, as more as, uh, as ever. So onward and upward, buddy. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Well, we hope you're enjoying what you're hearing. Hey, if you'd like to be a sponsor of Y Connect, we would love to have you. Whether you want to buy some ad time or just contribute, we would love to have you. We're not looking to uh, profit off this. We're just looking to cover our expenses for production, okay? If you're interested, please uh, send an email to me at uh, will at drwill.com. That's will, W-I-L-L, at drwill.com. Love to hear from you, and I'll be in touch. Thanks. Well, next up is Dr. Tom Dukes. He'll be a regular uh, voice along with me uh, on the Y Connect podcast. Dr. Tom Dukes has been a therapist for many, many years, as have I. Uh, He's been actively involved in social service agencies. He really knows the community and community health. He's been a professor uh, and, uh, and an author. Uh, and just an amazing thinker. His uh, research is on lifespan development, which has always been of interest uh, to me as well, about what makes a, a healthy lifestyle across the age span. I really think you're going to enjoy our discussions with Tom Dukes, Dr. Tom. I think it's fair to say that when people hear the why, you know, I mean, if they're not a member, they hear about the YMCA, um, and you know something about our fabulous facility, I think there's a tendency to think about it, you know, maybe primarily um, as a health and fitness club mm-hmm. that's sort of competitive with other area local gyms. Kind of how I use it. Yeah, that's right. And, and me too, actually, you know, I mean, using the exercise stuff. And so while we've talked um, about the childcare and all the other programs, which is a big part of it, the health and fitness, they did an amazing job. And, uh, you know, um, you know, Tom, as a psychologist, you know this. You know what the term reaction formation is. Reaction mm-hmm. formation is when you're so, I don't know what the word is, and so so affected or bothered by something that you tend to react by going into the extreme opposite place. The old YMCA right. here in Lafayette. It's a defense. Yeah, that's right. The old YMCA here in Lafayette was kind of a dark, narrow, you know, uh, very, very, you know, 
tight hallways, you know, cramming to get through. And so when they did this, talk about reaction formation, the corridors here are like 50 feet wide, super brightly lit. They really went out of their way to make this to be a welcoming, open, open, airy, spacious. That's right. Brings a smile to your face. And of Mm. course, we'll talk about the aquatics program separately because it's amazing. And of course, one of the things... Have you been in the pool yet? I've been around it. I've been by it. I haven't been in it. No, no. And there's a giant slide that goes outside and back into the building. Oh, no. Have you done that yet? No, no, but I, I may be required to as a board member. I'm just saying we should think about waterproof mics and get that on tape. For one of, but that, that'll be the aquatics There's no question. Uh, photos. We're photos. not talking about that now. No, no, no. <laughs> Thank God it's not photos. What they did was, you know, and what was so impressive about just being privy to and listening and, and observing the people who planned this phenomenal facility and got all of the partners involved, you know, Junior Achievement and Franciscan Health, IU Health, you know, and Ivy Tech, et cetera, is planning for the numbers that they anticipated coming here. Mm, I, heard, they, I just heard this last week. Oh, man, they've added just thousands and thousands of people, but had it calculated pretty accurately about what the capacity was. They had it, in, in terms of the planning, they had the capacity right. But um, what Sharon, the director of, was she VP of operations, yes, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me last week that uh, they, they calculate things in units. Yes. And the why has, I don't know if it's internal or external consultants about growth. And they really have it down to kind of an algorithm where they, they kind of know, right? Mm-hmm. So they were looking to add X number of more units in the first year that this opened. And she said they exceeded that in the first quarter that it was open. So the, the response in this town in particular has just been dramatic. One, one of the late afternoons I was here, Paul Kramer was telling me, he goes, well, you know, last night we had like 300 new families sign up. Holy <laughs> cow. I mean, you have a family. You're talking about, you know, mom, dad, and three kids. It's like, you know, that's like a whole or bunch more. of people. And so it is mind-boggling when they plan how many machines do they need? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How many uh, how many stairmasters? How many you know uh, treadmills, etc. And they've done it because using this, even when it's a busy time, I've never not been able to get what I need, even if it's pretty full. I agree. You I've know? had the exact same experience. And that is, and you know, I, I, we've talked about this before. I talked about it last time about how this really is a relatively recent um, development in American life uh, is formal exercise using these technologies. Mm. Okay, I mean, people would run. I grew up in the in the era when people jogged or maybe fast walked, lifted weights. You know, free weights were kind of the only option that you had to kind of build muscle. Mass. Calisthenics, for example. Some push-ups, sit-ups kind of stuff you think about. I'd be remiss if I didn't share my Army experience. <laughs> I think we'd all love to hear it. <laughs> Basic training. I went into the Army. Of course, I was drafted. And so, okay, that's physical fitness. I guess you got to be fit to meet the enemy. I mean, I, I knew that. That would probably be part of it. You know, <laughs> I can remember when we had hand-to-hand combat or combat with these, like, sticks with, like, cushions on the end of them. We had to, like, bang, <laughs> bang each other around. I thought... When am I going to have this experience in combat where other, you know, the enemy's coming at me with these sticks with puffs on the end? It just didn't <laughs> seem that relevant. But anyway, so the bottom line was, uh, so we, we do this, and we had our, our physical fitness was push-ups, a lot of push-ups. Yeah. And push-ups not it's, only as exercise. It's actually a pretty good exercise. It is. But it was also um, push-ups as, as punishment. You know, drop and give me 20, that right. type of thing. Well, I was skinny I'm sure well. that didn't happen to you, though. Oh, God, my... My, my biceps were not a lot larger than my fingers. I, mean, I, was just a, I was a skinny kid. Although I can't say, because the, the regime was, 
was push-ups, pull-ups, and jumping jacks. I had no body weight against which to, you know, the, be... So the was, good side of the equation was you weren't moving a lot No, it was weight. really hard on the overweight, you know, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, going through the line, there was always a drill sergeant barking at you, watching you go through the, the mess line. And there was one of the famous stories where the kid in front of me was also named Miller, and um, <laughs> he put food on his plate, and the drill sergeant goes, Miller! Scrape half your food onto Miller's plate because I was skinny. So this poor kid had to scrape half of his lunch onto my plate that I had to eat. And I went, so. You both got punished. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm sorry, man. He goes, oh, that's okay. So um, the exercise back then was obviously very primitive. You know, just like, I guess it would be called cardio back then, okay? Uh, right. Jumping jacks, you know, movement, et cetera, hiking, running, and all of that stuff. And I don't know when it was. I don't know the history of this. be interesting to ask Paul. He, I'm sure he knows is when that really came into vogue in a very big way. And I'm sure it was started with like treadmills and all of that. But some of the, the, complexi- the complexity of some of the machines, here's what's so different. You can work on a particular set of muscles right. in a specific part of your body. With just the right angles. Exactly. So as not to get hurt. I think you, you, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the science of kinesiology, you know, yep. human movement mm-hmm. um, and how the anatomy uh, and physiology works. And uh, certainly at least a part of what has driven the explosion is that science that underlies all this stuff, wouldn't you say? Totally. And, you know, I mean, it, it's it's fair to say that it's it's fairly well established and known that in America or in the West, I think, actually, the life, the general life expectancy has doubled or nearly tripled Mm. in just a century. That's astonishing. Now, the causes for that include like hygiene, public safety, et cetera. But that's right. Vaccinations. But it's really, uh, I think, elevated in the past couple of decades with this awareness of Mm. exercise and formally exercise. The good news is that you're told by your doctor to exercise. It doesn't mean that you have to I mean, that's what the Y does. I mean, there's a whole program where someone will show you all of that, how to work on this, use this technology, you know. And it's, yeah, it's also good for rehabbing. You know, I'm in my 50s. And so I've, without being stupid about it, but I've found that when something's aching or hurting or, you know, I have a knot in the back of my left shoulder blade from sitting at a desk and a computer too much, I actually work out on those areas it's incredible. Just to strengthen them a little bit, and it leaves pain. I mean, it. I suppose a real uh, expert, a physician, uh, someone who really understands, you know, anatomy and physiology, would know, you know, what muscle that is. But sure. How do you transferring that to trainers, a person who's trained mm. as a trainer, to say, well, I I can show you how to work that particular muscle. To, to leave, alleviate that issue. And in one way, that's part of the good outcome of our fascination and passion about ath- athletics and sports, not only just for kids, mm. but especially zeroing in on, you know, watching professional athletes, you know, and looking at football players and baseball players, basketball players, and their bodies are just astonishing to look at. But you know that in their off hours when they're not actually dribbling up and down or, or catching a pass, they're in a gym working on the parts of their body that, that needs need to, work. Be, to be. You yeah. know what I'm also thinking? You talked about life expectancy increasing dramatically, really, when you think about that. Um, do you think that's a psychological driver that if we don't? So, again, in my 50s, you and your 60s, I mean, if we don't do something to do a little better caretaking, that many more years are going to be not that fun. 
not very enjoyable in so many ways. I mean, really, that's the elephant in the room. It's about, okay, aging, we're all going to age, assuming you're going to, you know, you have, you have the body and the metabolism that's going to take you into the age. What's the quality of your life in those ages? Because medical care has improved also. So even if you're not in as good a shape, they can keep you going much longer than they used to. It's amazing. When you walk around this Y, it is amazing and it's impressive with how many seniors you see here using Mm -hmm. some active Mm -hmm. part of the fitness program. A lot of swimmers. A lot of swimmers, yeah. Which is a really cool kind of resistance. We're going to talk to the aquatics director but. You know, this idea, I can almost just feel it naturally that, you know, walking in water against the current, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good workout on your on your thighs. And yet it's low impact on your joints. Yes. Which yeah. is why I think it appeals as we get older. Um, I was talking to a trainer, and, and this is an issue, I think, and it's an issue for the why and for training and for membership and some of the leaders who who step in with really good training and information. I was talking to one of the trainers who said, you know, sometimes I'll notice someone come in here and they'll be on the uh, treadmill and they'll be going all at it and just perspire. They're like buckets of sweat on Mm -hmm. them. And they'll come in two days later and do the same thing. And he said, you know, the science is saying that that workout for your heart really lasts 48 hours or more. In other words, there's no need to push yourself to that level doing Mm. just that in a short time. Well, why would I know that? It would seem natural to me if I get on the treadmill every single day. Go for it, baby, go. (laughs) That's right, that's right. Which brings us to another part of the psychology of all of this, which which is exercise as a way to manage your psychological stress. I mean, you're doing something for your body, but it is also a way to you know, alleviate. Almost no matter what it is. That's right. Physical activity. Mm -hmm. Just get active. Right. Because, you know, that's uh, some, I think that's the elephant in the room uh, in the psychosocial world of America in this day and age is, is uh, stress. You know, we're going to, we're going to talk about some of those painful, painful subjects about, you know, loss and depression and suicide and drug addiction. I mean, it's all, it's all part of the larger triage of what this health and fitness program is designed to do, throwing yourself into a good body regime. Healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit, right? I mean, they really are intertwined and interconnected. Um, And if you don't feel well, physically, literally on a daily basis, and you're stressed out, how can things be good? You know what I'm saying? It sounds simplistic, but... And you're also then, so now we're talking to people who maybe have not started to exercise, they want to exercise, they, you know, are determined to try, but they can't stick to it. And you're Mm. talking about willpower, you know. Um, Dennis Wolfberg, the comedian, used to say, friends have said, you know, um, if if you start running and you do running, you do jogging, eventually you'll get a runner's high, you know, and, and you'll just love it. He goes, I... I tried it, but I, I must not be running right because <laughs> I never got to that place. I do think there's something to it, and I want to ask some of the trainers about this and the exercisers and you, mm-hmm. that once you formulate a lifestyle pattern where there's a consistency to day, date, and time of when you come to the gym or do your thing, I have a devil of a time with that. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm passionate to do it once, and then it lapses willpower in this. But I've noticed that once you do get past a certain place, it kind of does take on a life of its own. It, ha- it has for me, I think, uh, you look, and I'm not 
I'm not a crazy fitness fanatic or anything, but I'm using walk, it in the best way. I walk my dog literally every day, two or three times for 20 or more minutes mm-hmm. um, for his sake and mine. It's got to be said, though, Tom, so we got to stop. You don't just walk your dog, you walk Boston. <laughs> describe Boston. Just describe Boston. This is a workout. Boston is Boston's a magnificent a Swiss beautiful. mountain dog. Uh, Weighs 90 pounds? He's 100. It? He's a big, beautiful 100 pound boy. He is rambunctious as, as all get out. And so walking Boston ain't like walking your, ain't like walking your terrier. That's true. That's okay. fair. So, But that's the baseline of activity for me, right? Which is wonderful because I like being outdoors. It starts and ends my day. It's transition time. So that, and I love the dog. I mean, I just, he's a joy. But, but then what I try and do, really, it's this minimal. I try and get here three times a week on top of that good amount of walking. Um, so... It gets to the point where I feel better. I don't feel good if I haven't worked out in a few days. Yeah. I start to feel stiff or tight or I just, you know. Um, so when it becomes its own reward. Yes. That it, and it leads to what I, you know, one considers the good life as opposed to I should go, I'm supposed to go. I think that's the switch over between challenging your willpower and then it's like I, I need to get to the gym because I'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, uh, I haven't just, gotten there. Have no, you? I really haven't gotten there. I, I can't I can't say that I have a distinctive muscle memory mm. of when I feel good from exercising and when I feel the same when I don't exercise. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but clearly I think I would be a case a case study to do it. What's really we hel- could be a case study. Well, of, that's right. Of opposites. Well, I do know. Yes, exactly. Contrast. But I'm serious. Like doing a warm-up on the elliptical, for instance, and then doing some core work or a little bit of weights work. And then I you know, go down and shower and I leave and my body feels loose and warm and comfortable. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, it no, just No, it does. And I have terrific. had that feeling. And I have to say, as a, as a shout-out commercial for this place, the mm. training staff here are amazing. I was talking to one guy, and we'll talk do an interview with him who is talking about, of course he trains on the machines and free weights and everything else, but he personally in his own training is really into uh, stretching. Not just Mm. sort of the loosening stretching, but stretching almost as its own health and fitness regime. Sort of towards yoga or something like that. Exactly. And so there were, and God, when you look at the number of programs here, I, I looked in on a class that looked, it looked like they were in combat and it's called Zumba. (laughs) <laughs> I've not, we've all heard of Zumba. I have to confess, I, I really don't yeah, know what it is the in the most literal it, it's sense. It's powerful. I feel like if I walked in there, like in the middle of a session, I'd be trampled. I would just be... Or you could get like uppercut in the jaw and just be laid out, <laughs> with no, <laughs> incidentally. With, with no malice of forethought. Just, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just get in the way of a fist or two. Which means that there's this high energy option in classes. There's yoga, there's Pilates, and then mm. there's the gym. And then there's a whole section for those who are really seriously into this. Uh, they have a very, very active free weights uh, place here. Right. And I was asking, I mean, some of the, you know, it's men and women. The ones I notice the most are the men who are really bulked up, but they bulk up not in some just crazy way. They're they're like sh- just what you were talking before. Free weights can also be used to really shape a particular part of your body mm-hmm. and muscle. And you know what's cool here? We have a lot of men here who are in the military. After yeah. they shower and they come out, they're in their uniform and they go, "Hey!" That, that. And so 
they'll laugh at this when they hear this. I say, oh, thanks for your service. And they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, why? He goes, well, because their assignment is they got to be a recruiter. They're recruiters and they, right they, now. They and most it. of them don't like no, it. No, they hate it. They They're want, putting in their year or two, whatever they say. They want to get do. back into the field. They want to so. go back to their job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but for them, I mean, being in that level of rigorous shape, mm. uh, is, same with law enforcement or police. True. You know? so, um, Other first responders. Well, you talk about willpower. And then we talk about the diversity of activities and programs and opportunities here. And and so part of dealing with willpower, the issue of having the will to get here, is is finding the right fit. Yes. It, nobody says you have to do one particular thing or these three things. You know, find what you enjoy. You know what's interesting when we were talking in, a, in the other episode about community? One of the things that, that they are noticing here, now we've only been open a few months, but one of the things that has been noticed with uh, to their joy is that a lot of people who come for a particular class, whether it's swimming, um, whatever, maybe it's a group of women who, who do it, and they stick around and they have lunch together and they form community. It really is working that it is bonding people together. It's you social. Know? Yeah, again. And, and when we talk to Paul and you and I talk about the Christian piece, I mean, to me, that's, that's pretty elemental about forming those relationships of compassion and mm. care. Um, because, you, you know, what, what, it's relevant to willpower is that I'm inspired to, to, to be, do this. To be social. I'm doing it with people I enjoy. You know, another version of that is the, the executive director at my agency. Um, he and I come during the workday. We talk about work on the elliptical. You know, it, it, we, we stay a little late, right, at, at the office then. We make up for it. We're not, you know, cheating on the company or anything. But um, we've built it into our work routine yeah. and kind of support one another and and it's it's been a nice way to incorporate it into my life you and i uh th- and this is probably uh its own topic but what you know when i think about willpower i i would be remiss if i didn't talk about the experiences that you and i have both had as therapists mm. working with people who have compulsion or addiction disorders and and the whole power of you know this the uh, support system you know the recovery system mm. AA and NA people don't typically recover in isolation no in in it's it's elemental it's that you are doing it together you're not alone and it's the it's the power of the group and I <laughs> I've told this story you know all my stories I tell a thousand times but I want to tell my audience this I remember when I was at the comic strip and Abby was a comedian and she was very active in AA and uh, mm. and so we'd be talking about it because a lot of my clients were in AA and I and she says and she was Jewish but she goes oh you know a lot of people say oh, I don't want to join AA because I can't get into the God thing it's like oh and she goes here's what I tell them you're surrendering to God okay or you're surrendering to think of God as an acronym that's G-O-D that stands for Group of Drunks. <laughs> You're surrendering You're yourself, submitting yourself to, to the, the group, power of the group. Where uh, we're all in it to help each other. And that's relevant here. In other words, when you, when you join the Y or come into the Y and you're working on your motivation to be really into this and to become an exercise person for your health and well-being, taking advantage of the people to your right and to your left and the people with whom you can do it, as you're talking mm. about, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, is is a very powerful element that's I think unique to the why, and and I don't want to diss uh, like private gyms, but I think there is something when when you go to a, a health facility and you're working with your trainer and it's really like a one on one like a dyad, it's you and that person. Right. You know, I hear this all the time that you're aware and maybe you see some familiar faces, but it doesn't have an overt sense of trying to empower connection and community that they have here, which no, is it, I think a very that big makes differential. Sense. I think that's so, fair. Great. 
Well, folks, that's it. That's uh, episode one, the uh, initial um, launch of the Why Connect podcast. Um, I'm Will Miller, and I hope you enjoyed it today. My thanks uh, to uh, Paul Kramer, CEO of the Lafayette YMCA, and Dr. Tom Dukes, my colleague, uh, both of whom will be uh, regular guests on the podcast. But next week in episode two, we will speak to some of the other staff members here whose work is just amazing. And as we go forward, uh, we have lots of uh, really exciting and insightful uh, guests to talk to and experiences that we hope will share the vision of the why um, and our need of, to create new connections for each other. Okay. So tell your friends about this. Um, you can also go to drwill.com and there's a link there to the Why Connect podcast where you can kind of keep up. We'll have some other information there for you. But again, in the meantime, uh, please tell your friends and let's grow this thing. We need it. We need it. The why is needed. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.